Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and crack this open because I, I feel know. like I need this yeah, now. At this point. To be honest, yeah, we've exactly. been... Let's go. I'm going to, yeah, rhubarb. Battling the live recording demons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, what, are you, what are you going with? We're, gonna, we're all going to start with... We're all doing sour. Yeah, okay. Uh, welcome to the stream, everybody. Uh, today we are drinking a... Uh, Rashid, you got this. What are we drinking? Uh, good question. It looks like a... Great Divide seems to be the name of the company. Um, we have a strawberry rhubarb sour ale. I don't know. I was walking through the aisle and then it caught my eye and I, I couldn't let it go. Strawberry rhubarb yes. sour ale by Great Divide. Very interesting. Yeah. It's pretty good. It does taste like strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, that's okay. great. That's really good. All right. Oh boy! I love me a fruity beer. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got a couple upgrades. Even though we're trying to still figure stuff out, we've got um, check it out. Mike yeah, Cam. Yeah, what's going Mike on? Mike Cam. Cam. We've got uh, Rashid Cam. What's up? And we've got our wide. There's camera. no cam for There's me. There's no camera. <laughs> Not, for yet. Yet, Not yet. Not yet. But soon. Yeah. Soon. The soon. Seat. Soon there will be a cam. <laughs> yeah. Soon there will be a Kurt cam yeah. and a computer cam. But I'm in, I I I'm running this, so I'm in control of this. So you know, I got a lot going. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need the wide shot to show everything that you're doing. Yeah. If you could see how many wires, um, I guess you can. You can yeah, see. You, can, <laughs> you can see right in that wire. <laughs> right there. So guys, welcome to the Sunday to Sunday Brew, not the Sunday Brew. Gosh, Sunday Brew. That's good. week four, and you're still doing it. <laughs> I know. We're just gonna change it, so it's right. I want to say like, well, welcome to the podcast, and then I want to oh, say it's, it's right. our thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, at some point, we're gonna have a really fancy uh, boy uh, uh, bumper here that explains yeah what, what we are, who we are, what we do. We don't have that today. Nope. Yes. So what 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 is this podcast? Well, every week we gather on uh, Sundays and we have conversations about all the big questions that have been burning in our mind throughout the week: controversial questions, hot spilling of the tea, all that stuff we didn't have time mm. to do because we were busy. This is the time to ha to have those conversations. Today, if you missed it, we are drinking um, a strawberry rhubarb sour ale by Great Divide uh, from Denver, Colorado, and it's yeah. delicious. Yep. Oh, it's from Denver. That explains their logo is really cool. It has it's like a little mountain range hidden in there. Oh, uh, also yeah. the, the chips I got are also from Denver, so it's like oh, a Colorado nice. theme thing. An intentional yeah. Colorado day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. Uh. How's it going this week? We already answered this, but they couldn't hear us. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's going well. If you're joining us now, happy Sunday. Yeah, happy we Sunday. We made it to Sunday. We made it. Wait, or <laughs> Sunday starting the week, right? Oh, no. No, no. I Well, <laughs> for me, I made it to Sunday. Is, is, is the ace higher? Is the ace I, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In my last week, I made it to here. I see. It's so funny. Sundays to me, like, have always felt like kind of a pre-work day. Yeah. I've never felt like Sundays were... Saturdays feel like a day off, but, but in the last year i've tended to turn saturdays into hey it's a it's a day to like get some creative stuff done mm, and then yeah. sunday my my mindset is oh, I, I, what am i doing monday so right um i have a hard time sometimes resting on a sunday i'm actually the opposite saturday is my reset clean laundry and then sunday is more of my creative but i do mix in the uh getting stuff ready for the week uh, yeah getting tasks ready getting my mindset yeah, I think Sundays for me. Sunday is the beginning of the week for me. I think yeah. it's the first day. It's the first day. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. then it, then Monday isn't a sudden first day for me. <laughs> it, it doesn't, <laughs> there you go. Actually, that's Monday a really, doesn't just punch me in the face for being like. That's we're, a really good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah, I like that. 
posting this link out. Nice. Um, so, uh, what's what have you guys been busy with? It's been work, right? Yeah. Work, work, work. Lots Mostly. of work. I know Rashid, you're now in a new position where I'm, you work, and that's I'm kind of a crazy. Position. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's crazy. It's, it's a little bit of a bump up. And is your when you're getting home at in the evening? Is your brain completely fried? Or are you kind of energized by uh, a this new... last week being my first week in training and all that? <laughs> it has absolutely been fried. Yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, I get home and then I mush and then I wake up and I go back and I do it again. But it has <laughs> oh, been yeah. uh, incredibly rewarding and very very satisfying. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, is it also work for you? Yeah, it's just been uh, a lot of projects. I think I said this last time. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of starting big projects and then smaller projects that spiraled upward into large projects themselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a state of uh, like I'm <clears throat> I I I'm not stressed, but I I'm stressed. <laughs> but Fair. I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. realize, like, let go of the fact that what's stressing me out is something I can't control. Mostly right now, what's stressing me out is scheduling. Um, there's like multiple projects and things happening, but they're all up in the air in terms of when and where and how, but they all really have to get done in the next like month and a half. And um, just there's so many like factors as to like why things don't have solid dates yet. Mm. And that is stressing me. But then it's like, there's nothing I can do about it. Like there's, I mean, I can be as prepared as I can be, but like, there's nothing I can do to like force people to give me availability. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm trying to like let go of that. Um, and it, but it's been I've noticed that my productivity, and not that that's the all important thing, but right, right. But I've noticed it's really suffered the last week and a half because I I feel frazzled because I have this massive list and I look at it and I'm like, I don't know when I'm supposed to do that. But I just feel like I haven't been very um, I don't know efficient. Well, I I literally just read a thing that reminded me that we're still in the pandemic. <laughs> like, oh. like, so okay. we, we've kind of, we've gone to this, uh, we've gone to this place where we feel like because things have reopened, because we're trying to get a little bit more sense of normalcy that in our work lives, uh, things should be matching up. And it kind of goes back to like the way we thought before the pandemic, of, right. I need to be at a certain capacity of work. Um, so somebody called it like, uh, they referenced my favorite play in the world, which is waiting for Godot. Um, and they said that's kind of like the mode we're in right now is we're all kind of waiting, trying to see how things go. And and literally, it's going to be 2022. And if I look back at this year, I'm going to be like, what did I really do? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's me already discounting the effect of the pandemic on myself. Yeah. Do you think that... And I'm not trying to be an advocate here for like, you know, late stage capitalism or whatever, but... <laughs> I struggle with that balance of, because I'll say things like, you know, I'm really like struggling or I'm behind or whatever. In fact, one of my prompts is very much about that. And then people say like, but there is no behind. Like, it's all a facade. It's all like corporate America. And I get that. I totally get that. Right. But what is the balance? This is not a topic from the thing, but what is the balance between staying? Because I want to be driven. I want to be goal motivated. And right. I want to accomplish things, not just to accomplish them to go look how productive I am. There's things that I want to do yeah, and I want to stay motivated, but not get in that trap of like the grind 24 seven. That's that unhealthy. You must produce an output is the only thing that matters. That's not what I, that's not why I want to be productive. I want to be productive because the things that I want to do are things that I want to see come to life. Yeah. It's a great question because in, in one way it's like, yes, there is no true deadline for anything to happen. But if you kind of think the way I think is that if I want to get to certain things in my life, I need to be 
on top of the ball, getting certain things done right. in a timely manner. You know, I mean, like even like a good example is like I've been trying to release this book of poetry and September was going to be when I released it. And it's now October. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of only realized that today. Right. Um, that, yeah, that, that window shut very quickly. Not that I have to release it. Right. But that uh, I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts? Oh, so many. <laughs> so many thoughts. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's so relative to yeah. whoever is having these thoughts about deadlines and whether or not they're beholden to anybody else who has expectations of those deadlines. Right. Well, like example, like you work at a place it's stressful, but it's a good stress because it's something I know that you're passionate about. Yeah. So it's not like the deadlines and the stress is bad. It's just, no, it can be bad. It's just, uh, (laughs) it depends where you are in that stress. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like the inherent like pursuit of that be a great motivator. Yeah. Yes. It's not a bad yeah. thing to feel the weight of, I got to get a thing done no. to accomplish something. And I no. think sometimes people say like, that's all bad. I'm like, no, it just depends it on is how much good. you can handle. Cause it yeah. can, yeah, exactly. it can exactly. collapse a person. Yeah, yeah, totally. I just started a, the last month I've been doing workout classes right, right? and it's been so, so helpful to have the stress, if you will, of I paid for it. I committed to it. I signed up for it. I got to go, you know, like go. that's, yeah, yeah. that's a, yep. I don't think I would accomplish it. And the, the good that I get from doing it is a, is a much greater good than the stress I feel right. anticipating it. So I guess like I've, I used to be such a goal driven person and I was like, it doesn't matter how hard, just goals, goals, goals. And I think I'm trying to find a healthy medium it's between. It's a balance. Everything's yeah. a balance. Yeah. So I, I feel like I want to bring out one of my topics because, and just, okay. just throw it in there. Um, even though that's not the rules. <laughs> um, so uh, I saw Bill Maher uh, did a talk on, because uh, y'all are familiar with the Gabby Petito case, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, which that all aside, like what happened there, um, he was more focused on the fact that they were on this like van tour of the country. Um, and he brought up that like our generation is more predisposed to behave like retirees than any generation at our age where we've built this essentially like an influencer culture where everybody wants to get paid for just being themselves. They want to either be like, you know, he put it like everybody wants to be Kim Kardashian, Mm -hmm. just pay me for being me doing what I do in my day. I don't have to work. Um, But it did make me think like, did Mark Zuckerberg, this is the way I was going to phrase the question, um, becoming rich at the age that he did, which was pretty similar to, I think he's only like two years older than me. I think, what is he, 37? I yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, but I think he, that was like a first moment that almost seemed to usher in this notion for our generation that like we didn't want to be like our parents doing the same like soulless corporate jobs. So we were kind of like this new form of hippie, but we wanted to like figure out another way to make money. And and, and him being like a billionaire from like this, this uh, website put it into everybody was like, Oh, I got an app idea. I got, you know, it it spurred a lot of that to then get into this like influencer culture where it's like, I want to be paid like we're doing here to create content, (laughs) (laughs) to create content. But, and and it it really did start giving me a think like, Oh my gosh, like uh, our generation really kind of does struggle to like, just say, let me, uh, let me just uh, get to the grindstone and, and, and do a job. 
and, and get it done. Um, I don't know if the next generation is even better, but do you guys ever feel like that where you kind of even have like a jealousy or, or moroseness? Because sometimes I know I'll see people who make a lot more money than I do yeah. uh, doing something that they just stuck to a like singular corporate job for like the last 10 years. And at even at my age, 35, they're already like miles ahead. Yeah, I feel... I mean, it, it, I go back and forth in how I look at it. On some hand, on one hand, I go, if I had just like pursued a normal job, I probably would have insurance locked away every year, not be going. Where am I going to get it this year? I'd <laughs> maybe I'd have a pension. I don't know. I mean, that that's going away, you know. Even but, but on the other hand, I look at like when I go back home to Texas, sometimes I've had conversations with friends and stuff who are like, ah, it's so you're still doing it. You know, you got to keep doing it, you know? And it's like, on one hand, I'm like, well, if you knew what it was, I don't know if you'd feel that way. But then, but then there is this part of me that goes, that's a, that's an accomplishment. Like that we, it's, I'm proud that, that we've have found alternative, alternate ways to like live a life. And I think that's, a, that's a cool thing to be proud of to go. If you had told me 15 years ago, Hey, you're, you're going to do like all these things that for work in LA, I'd be like, that's so cool. But now I feel like constantly like, well, you know, we don't have a house yet or we don't whatever. Like I feel like behind these um, benchmarks of ad- adulthood, right, which right. are it, completely arbitrary and completely uh, that is a lot of what I was talking about that. Like, you got to have this much by this point. And it's like, that's that's right. that's really not true. But setting goals is important. But sometimes I feel like in our jobs, because it's such a weird thing, maybe, maybe now that you have like, uh, you work more of a consistent job, it might be a little bit different for you, but I feel like I don't know how to sometimes to set goals because I am the one in charge of saying what the goal is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm the boss that yeah, has yeah. to set a benchmark and I'm like, right. I don't really know what I'm doing. And then I'm also the employee. Right. And I'm a bad boss to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like any other job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Your boss doesn't what has I'm no idea. Is, there, there is no difference between you being your bad boss and right. somebody else being your bad boss. Yeah. Right. That is how work goes. It is a, it's a cluster, and you're just trying to figure it out and move forward. And the biggest companies that look like they're mostly put together have also no idea what what they're doing. True. Nobody true. knows what they're doing. Do you think you could ever like pitch it to somebody who doesn't want to do a a, a traditional job that at least there's like failure built into an institution because like if i'm a bad boss that does greatly affect me versus if you have a bad boss at work you're still getting paid and you you know you might have like a rough week or you might have to suffer through a terrible meeting but at least like there's an institutional safeguard of like for the moment yeah Yeah. i also i feel like nobody told me that i feel like we've really (laughs) that does my thing culturally too i think we've really like sexify the idea of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting at. There is something really cool about it, but for all the like, I'm 22 and I created an app and I'm a multimillionaire. There are so many more people who are like, I tried a thing and it failed, you know, like the failure rate, but we don't hear about the failure. We hear about the success. And there's this kind of idea of like the old growing up as a kid, I was, I was inundated with that idea that the ultimate success is like working for yourself. Right. Um, Right. And I, as somebody who does work for myself now, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it has its pros, uh, but it's got a lot of cons. <laughs> and there's some days that, that Kim and I will be like, we should just get a real job 
And then that's what the work will do. And then on the side, because trying to make your passion, your job, and then you also generate the business and the, and, and the, the structure around it. That's really hard. It's really hard. And it's not, it's not this sexy thing. Mm. And it does promote, I think a really unhealthy work to life balance of like hustle grind 24 seven. Cause that's right, what like the right. big boys do. And yep. I go, that's not a life I want to live. It's not healthy. You know, no. what are your thoughts now that you're half in the corporate <laughs> world and half out? Um, Rashid in the last year is like, you work a regular job, not regular, you could really cool job, but you do creativity now more as a passion project, yeah. as opposed to that's your only primary source yep. of income. The do stress, you- the stress of, Art not having to be an income is is it's it's overwhelming, right? Um, so I feel a lot more free now when I get to create because there's there is no pressure, right? There's no deadline. Right. There is in fact no boss. Yeah. So it's not even like I'm the boss or somebody else is the boss. There is no boss. It's just a fun thing, um, which I guess is kind of what we we do as well to some extent. Like you yeah, do, for sure. You and I both do other. We do creative work but it's sort of creative for hire for other people so yeah you can kind of restructure that and yeah. i had to think of it the same way yeah i mean it's just it's it's freeing it's um it, it's almost embarrassing to admit that you were wrong right at some <laughs> point in your life right, to be right. like i want to hold on to this so bad right yeah. um it not that holding on to the art or the love of the art is bad but yeah the like you saying, the glamorizing the idea of it, glamorizing the like that you'll be exponentially happier if you do. That's right. a lie. It yes. is a lie for yes. sure. Yeah. Um, you you will not. <laughs> no. You you may. The the journey is what should make you happy. Yeah. And I know right. it's so right. cliche, but we when you get to the place that you were trying to get to, your first immediate thought is, "How do I get to the next place?" Right. Yeah. yeah. So, it's it's deceptive sometimes. The 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 grind can be deceptive if you're not celebrating small wins. Yeah, those, I think that's how the you small have to wins win. are. That's a really important thing. I think that's true no matter where you work. Right, yeah. corporate or not corporate. You remember that the the thing where the actor from um, like the Cosby Show was like working at Trader Joe's and oh, it was yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking like, yeah, it's like listening to his rationale was. I like the place. I like the hours. I get insurance and it also allows me to continue to audition because they're really flexible. And apparently he did work as a professor of theater and he had no flexibility. And it was like, yeah, that's a, if you'd asked me at 21, I would have been like, absolutely not. I don't want to be working a part-time job. Now I'm like, that sounds really nice. Right. Right. You tell me I just can show up. I don't have to think about generating what the work is, you just point me and say, please unpack that. Please do that. Please. I go, great. I'm a great worker. Sometimes I struggle with generating like, like I, I like to be, this sounds egotistical. I like to try to be a visionary, but it's nice sometimes not to have to be the one who's 24 <laughs> seven, the only person that's coming up with ideas and right. be like, just tell me where to tell me where you want me to work. And I'll mm-hmm. go do my, do that. Yeah. Cause I will say for like anybody wanting to do a creative career. Um, one thing is I, I feel like I only learned later in life was that um, one, you have to be paid for by your clients for the creativity part of it. Yes. Um, and, and when you're young, you only think about like getting paid for like the output. Like, you know, when I would do logo design, right. It's like, Oh, I'm really just being paid a package price for, um, you know, um, putting out a logo to them eventually. But it's like, as I got older, I was like, Oh no, I need to get paid 
for coming up with the ideas. <laughs> yes. And and unfortunately, what, what that means is that drives up the budget. And one of the stresses of a creative job is that, you know, you don't get easy answers out of creativity. Anybody who's done, you know, written poetry, written a screenplay, tried to put together a short film, knows that doing creative stuff is really hard. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the answers aren't always available. So it's really hard to like sometimes pitch a client that you're like, I need a... 15 hour process and you're going to pay me for that whole 15 hours to get you this one thing that you thought would maybe cost you $200 because Wix.com told you it would only be $200 to do a really crappy logo. <laughs> like oh. the, the expectation, the expectation versus what it takes to get that expectation. Exactly. Is something that gets lost in translation when you're talking client and yeah. business relationship. So yeah. when when you say like, it's just easier to be like, point me at this thing <laughs> exactly. and tell me what to do. Yeah. That is exactly how I feel day to day. I mean, now in my new position, I have a lot more freedom and creativity to find right. my own problems. Right. So I'm, I'm slowly finding my way back into that medium <laughs> yeah. where yeah, yeah. basically now you're just going to tell me to go find yeah. the problems. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> go find the problems. <laughs> yeah. So again, but there must be something inherently attractive about that to us yeah. as creatives because we seem to always, even when you find the place where you're like, okay, I can relax. Yes. You very suddenly we find generate yourself more problems. <laughs> like more stress, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Uh, my patrons can tell you, I like to make everything as complicated as I possibly can. I'll be like, I'm going to do a video. And yeah. they'll be like, but what if I did a video on location? Oh. What if I brought my drone? What if I, and all of a sudden I've made 93 problems mm -hmm logistically that I didn't need to do, but I, but I want to. And, and as much as I want to turn my brain off and go, don't care. I, I just, I can't help it. <laughs> and That's... then once you figure all that out, you decide now is the time to figure out how to live stream it. Exactly. <laughs> now exactly. we got all that yeah. done. If we could just get a pan of the of room mountain. real quick. Yeah. Also, <laughs> figure out. I just saw a video the other day that was so good. I think it was on TikTok maybe, but uh, it was uh, sort of about, what getting what you're worth as a, as a, as a creative, oh, yeah, yeah. as an entrepreneur. And it was a guy who's like a video creator. And I guess the, it was kind of a theoretical conversation between client and, and, um, artist. Right. Um, but it was clearly like a stage sort of thing of like, this is the, the, the lunacy of this argument. So the guy was like, uh, I want to hire you for my, for the, to shoot this video, but I don't want to pay you a thousand dollars. That seems like a lot of money. And then the, the, the creator's like, well, that's my rate. And I think it's what I'm worth. Uh, and he gets like, that's just a lot of money for me. And he goes, I have a proposal for you. Instead of paying me a thousand, why don't we split any profits of new, of new clients going forward? Oh, it's like all the risk is on me. I'll do it for free now, but we'll split the thing. And the person's like, well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you thinking? He's like, well, again, I'm taking all the risk. Um, I think that I'm going to make something really good that's going to generate clients. So I think I should be entitled to probably 50% of like whatever that new client pays. So if the new client's a hundred dollars, I think I should get 50. Right. <laughs> and then the, the, the client is like, yeah, but now I'm kind of worried. Like we might get a lot more people and you might make a lot more money than a thousand dollars. And yeah. he goes, you will. Yeah. And I will. Or you could just pay me what I'm worth right now. now you know, yeah, exactly. and it was this like really yeah, great yeah. example of yeah. that constant debate you have where you're trying to go. I know what I'm providing is a value, but you can't see the value exactly, and you want to devalue me, and so you're trying to kind of. It's tough. It's tough because then I know, mm -hmm. like, in the, the joke is we always joke that we do it for free. 
Yeah. I wouldn't do it for free, but no. but we do love it. So it's yeah. it's easy. I think it, this is what's challenging. It's hard when you're turning your passion into your career right. to to make sure you're tr- you're getting treated fairly and not being taken advantage of because you will do stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole the whole. There's a big thing happening right now with the uh, IATSE strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Crew, yeah, yeah. Uh, people below the line who work so hard and pull ridiculous hours because they're willing to do anything because they love this craft and they want to be around it. Mm-hmm. And rich producers and studios know that, and they go, "All right, we'll just pay you bare minimum. We know you'll still right. do it, and if you won't, we'll just get somebody else." And so yeah. it. It's really hard sometimes when you turn your passion into your money-making, your primary form of income to make sure you're advocating for yourself appropriately. Yep. But on the flip side, true capitalism doesn't work unless you can do that. (laughs) Unless you can do, oh, oh, I will find it for cheaper because I can. Yeah, exactly. I will find it for better because I can. I don't care who you are or... And, and that's another stress that I think some creatives don't uh, think at first. But then, you know, even like in web development, you know, I have a pretty high rate. But um, I know there's always somebody willing to do it for like 20 to mm-hmm. $35. Um, may not go all the same way they think. <laughs> Busting Ready for the, open. Yeah. yeah. We're I, moving on to our hard kombucha. God. Okay. Hard kombucha. This is the first time I think we've all experienced it in the first yeah, place. Yeah. So I was, I was looking yeah. for a sour beer. Um, before coming here, and these two happen to be sitting right next to each other on the shelves. I love kombucha; it's a new, it's a new thing for me. Um, this is a hard kombucha, a black cherry with a twist of lime twist, from Flying lime. Embers. Zero sugar, zero carbs. Oh, this is uh, Flying Embers. Yeah, apparently named after I guess their uh, brewery was in risk of a. It's really like a yeah, fire, forest fire, right? Interesting. It's interesting because actually, to me, it doesn't taste as much as like a kombucha as it actually tastes like a soda. Yeah, it's gonna get a licorice flavor yeah. too. Yeah, I think the licorice is kind of like because we can't. This is a dangerous flavor. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> zero is... carbs, zero sugar, flying embers. That's a also that's dangerous. a selling point. <laughs> but it's seven point two percent alcohol, <laughs> and it's still one hundred and thirty-five calories. <laughs> like, wow. so it's got um, kombucha. Um, Turmeric, ginseng, yeah, cherry flavor. Yeah, interesting. Really interesting. This is like a. It's listed as, as a sparkling fermented tea. Wow. I don't know what's happening. You think right we now. could have convinced so Kim to have one if we we said it was I tea? I feel like she would. I feel like she would go try. Yeah, we we love this place in LA called Sage. Oh yeah, and, Sage is um, really good. And they have yeah, great yeah. kombucha that is like alcoholic. Um, yeah. Uh, but she'll sometimes have some of that. Oh okay. But yeah, she doesn't really go for the alcohols. Yeah. Well, um. I like it. I think we still solved late stage capitalism. <laughs> I think. I think so, so. Do we want to do we want to draw our so first we, topic? Yeah, let's start diving into some topics. Uh, Mike, let's, let's let's kick yeah, it off. Grab whatever this is. Okay. <laughs> will the feel is this is was this one yours? Oh will, my! Will the feeling of falling behind ever go away? <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> wow, that was a great timing. That's yeah, kind of what I was talking just about. Relates. No. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> it really doesn't, does it? No. I, I wish I could shake it. I wish I could remember the truth of your own journey is your own thing. Stay in your own lane, whatever. But I can't help. I can't help but just like there are certain people in my life that I met years ago that I feel like I sort of keep tabs on and I check in on like where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll just be like, and I'll like immediately like, well, okay, okay, they're, 
<laughs> they've done this by this age and like giving myself a window of safety. Then right, I just put right. all these things on me and it, I don't know, this past week, it really, it really got to me. Um, I had an audition come in from a casting director who's cast me several times. And, uh, it was like, uh, a co-star, which is just the smallest part possible. And I just had this like feeling of like, I've been here in LA for 10 years. I've worked, been hired by these same people. They know what I can do. And the, best that I can do for them apparently is this one line nothing of a role and I just wow. like had this feeling of like I am so behind where I was supposed to be <laughs> I know that that's arbitrary self-imposed exactly not necessarily yeah. truthful but it's just something I was like does that ever does that ever like get yeah. better well you know I almost wonder like since we're a all male panel um whether it's like almost I know, I know this is not, it's a genderless concept, but I always kind of think about like in terms of uh, jealousy and male competition, if we're kind of always doomed to want to compare ourselves, like, you know, I know, uh, you know, this goes any, any way, but it really is that thing where I think we're kind of told from a young age, at least our generation, maybe it's getting better with the new ones. Uh, we're told that uh, you have to, <laughs> reach a certain place. Uh, Sorry, I just got a close-up camera. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. I saw it on the little oh. Yolo pad too. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, the, we're, we're always kind of like forced to compete with other males just because of evolution and, and it really means nothing. Right. It, it means nothing at the end of the day because it's like at, at what? 7 billion people on the planet? 7.5? Right. Um, there's so many diverse ways of living a life that I think we sometimes forget that. And honestly, if you feel comfortable at the moment, if you don't feel, you know, threatened by external forces, you know, what else could you really want? I mean, it's like, it's that illusion that somebody else has something that you don't just because it's, you're incapable of actually truly seeing what it is. I think I've crafted for myself and I'm, I'm trying to get rid of it. But in the past, I've crafted for myself this this idyllic, specific version of my life that right. should exist by this age. Right, right, right. And it's not true. It's not a true thing that, like you said, there's so many different ways of living a life, and we're just living it. But I, I instead of sometimes being present and going, wow, look what I get to do, right. I'm so distracted by... Somebody else's. Wait, but yeah. by this time on this chart, I was supposed to have this accomplished. And I feel like this is baked into American culture and I'm going to rat on college again and and, and, yeah, and just talk about why like academia in general, I find to be in general a very kind of harmful thing uh, for the mentality. I, I talk to the mentality that it, that it plants is I talk to like 15 year olds who have the next 15 years of their life planned out because yeah. their college counselor and high school counselor is like, you right, better start thinking right. and then this and then this. And it's like, I want to shake them by the shoulders and say, Literally forget all of that. Like, yes, yeah. have goals and have plans, but you are not going to be able to control where this thing is headed. And if you lock yourself into where you're supposed to be and what job you're supposed to be in by the time you're 22 and how that's going to launch you to this, and then that's going to be this. And by the 35, you'll have this much saved and you'll have, you yeah. are going to always perpetually be upset that you're not on that track. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to shake is this false box that I, that I crafted for myself when I was 19. Yeah, exactly. That now 13 years later, I, whatever, how, 
I don't know how old I am. Um, <laughs> now that I'm that I'm like depressed because I'm not in the same. Right. That's nonsense. It's a nonsense. So yeah, yeah. I kind of I, I kind of always go back to for me personally, uh, singing, which I'm I'm really good at. But like in high school, it was such a hyper competitive environment for choir and stuff like that. Um, which you know, like anytime I saw Glee. And, you know, the, the, the basis of that is like, we're the like weird nerds who like do choir on the side. And we were kind of embarrassed about it, like was not the case at my school. Um, I mean, I, I went one high school over from Pentatonics, who, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's something in the water in Arlington, Texas, where we both grew up at that particular time. Obviously, you're also a very good singer where there's just a bunch of good singers like and, and going through the choral system. Dallas, Dallas, especially. Dallas, especially. Of, it, was, yeah. it was highly competitive. And so in the state choir competitions, it we were a... Uh, the the cutthroat district to be in so like to even get into texas the, the texas all-state choir um uh, from our district was incredibly hard because there was so much competition it was so dense um and i remember like barely missing the cut for like three years straight and it really like just got into my head i was like i'm not a good singer literally i'd be like 36 and they'd cut off at like 34 um so i would even miss being like one of the runner-ups um, and it took a really long time, like even through college and doing more vocal lessons then and kind of like getting my uh, confidence back up with it because I was like, well, you know, I always just kind of thought I wasn't a great singer, um, but not in my head realizing that I was just like up against like supremely gifted, talented people who all just happen to be going through the system at the same time, um, which even like to the Zuckerberg point, like we sometimes forget like uh, there just are certain moments where like, you know, uh, not only just opportunity, but like the luck to be in a certain uh, moment to take advantage yeah. or to take that opportunity. Um, we forget that, that that leads to some people down in quote unquote successful routes. Right. Um, but it doesn't necessarily give them a personal fulfillment that maybe they think they should have or maybe you it's, think that they do have. It's deceptive living in Los Angeles. Because, and especially yeah. here, yeah. Because you have here the cream of the crop that has everybody left the their towns yeah. everybody in those towns and has all ended up here so when you yeah. when you live here and work here for a long time the the inherent thought is everyone is successful everywhere always exactly yeah. and especially with what you were talking about with last week where yeah. you had this this need when people said how are you to be like i just, I just got this. three yeah. auditions this week <laughs> that's what i'm when doing you hear that day in and day out you're you constantly think everybody must be more successful than must i be am killing. yeah must exactly be. they yep. have to be yep yeah yeah and you know uh, to there's somebody in the chat haley who i know works in academia and i think i really do think it is i, I can't speak to the uk but like i feel like it's a, specifically like American high schoolers mm -hmm. who are 15 years old and stressed out of their minds about mm -hmm. the next, about you need to have the next 15 years of your life planned out. Right. I, I talk to them all the time. I mean, I'm literally working with several students right now who are prepping for college and they are like, and then by the time I'm 26 and it's like, and I go, I, I'm glad that you're th having forward thinking. I'm glad mm -hmm. that you're, you're pro being proactive, but this stress of you better figure it all out before you graduate high school is nonsense. I don't know where that's coming from. The I don't problem know. Problem is psychologically, like when when you get to twenty four and you've set this limit of twenty six, all of a sudden you're like, I'm yeah, not gonna make so it. True. Yeah, so true. Yeah, you're adding in this right. anxiety that doesn't baked need to be in there. failure before you've even lived a life. Yeah, exactly. And I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know where that comes from. You know, I don't know yeah. if that's. Uh, I know where it comes from. <laughs> it comes from our parents' generation. Yeah. Yeah, who, for sure. Who, when they 
if if we would have followed their advice in their generation, we would have lived successful lives. Right. Abundance the, of opportunity, yeah, for sure. The idea yeah. of safety and security in the house and the job yep. and the wife and the kids and the white picket fence before you're 30 so that right. things don't fall apart. Unfortunately, we live in a world where it's completely opposite now. Yep. To be successful like a Mark Zuckerberg, you have to take most of your risky choices and options before you're 30. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You've got you to live your life like there's nothing to lose during that time and then chase the security if you want it. Yeah. And there's also this idea that, and maybe maybe there's a reckoning now because of what we know about big tech and whatnot, but there was this like sexification of like entrepreneurial gurus like Mark Zuckerberg and whatnot that I, I really hope is fading into the background as we realize what kind of unchecked power yeah. and, I, and evils. <laughs> I don't know if it's fading. I just think it's, it's switched sectors. I think, and I think that's what it tends to do is it tends to hop around. Like, I don't know if uh, there's as many kids wanting to be like movie stars. Like we want, like we want to be the next Quentin Tarantino or the next, you know, but they're like now in that TikTok realm, which is a little bit different where internet famous has kind of come to be its own thing. Versus kind of like think what we kind of we're, we're slightly older, so we don't kind of think of internet famous as like the primary thing. We go, oh, you're internet famous because you do another thing. You, you're a movie mm -hmm. star, or you do something over here, and that just makes yeah. you a celebrity online. Uh, no, they're like, no, I want to be like internet famous yeah. just for being on the internet. Well, and uh, Haley Haley here says my day job is basically giving academic and career advice to teenagers. And I think that's amazing because like I know Haley and Haley's, yeah, yeah. Haley's amazing. And so I go, that to me is where I feel like people can make a real difference in just bringing down those expectations of like, you don't need to have it all figured out. Like, yes, have a plan, have a goal, but know that part of this process is like realizing that you shoot out of a cannon and then you land in a field that you didn't expect. And sometimes that field is really cool. Like that's the part where I see teenagers stressed mm. that they have to make the perfect decision now that's going to affect them when they're 27. And I'm, I can't right. know why, right. I kind of exactly. want to be but like, if you ask them why they can't answer it. No. Yeah. And why? I, don't, and I don't think that's not necessarily, you know, like a counselor or anybody's fault. I think it's the a product of the system. Right. Right. You better get your crap figured out now or else you're going to be deemed not a productive member of society. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe it goes back to like the sort of corporate capitalistic, like, grind 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 mentality so i i think that's what i'm talking about it's not yeah i love education yeah like education is is invaluable yeah no matter whether you do that at a college or whatever but it's the pressure of you better figure out by the time you're sick i i just this week i had a conversation with a parent and a mom and i guess the mom is older than us i mean the, the kid is like 17 right so the mom i guess is kind of our parents age maybe a little bit right. younger but, but she was just like, you know, and, and, and trying to like really ascertain like information on where this, her kid needed to like go to school and how that's going to lock in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a guarantee, whatever. And I just was like sitting there being like, I don't have any good answers for you. you know, if you're going into neuroscience or something, yeah, maybe I can yeah, help you, you. Yeah. but if you're talking about the, the arts, I, I, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have to just like let your kid have room to try things and figure yeah. it out. But there was there you could tell there was no room for that, and then and then the kid was like, there's, there's, "I've got to decide." There's so many big, and I just want to be like, you know what? We'll see what happens. Yeah. And I just—that's not I, an acceptable answer, I know. unfortunately, right. <laughs> yeah. because I know. but it's because the career path is so radically different from other career paths. You can't treat it like the same thing. You right, cannot right. treat a career in the arts like a career in science, right? Or yeah. math. it's not the same. You can't do it. Uh, 
there's a great comment here. Um, Haley says a lot of teenagers don't realize that their degrees at university can prepare them for thousands of careers. So mm -hmm. studies can be uh, for interest, not just specific career paths. A True. problem is that many people only have a narrow view of what jobs you can do. I think that's, and maybe maybe I need to rescind what I was saying about academia and say it's more of a systemic idea that that you have to like yeah it's like, yeah 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 i don't know who i don't know whose fault that is it doesn't matter <laughs> it's the, the idea that you have to choose first yeah like if what why do you have to say i i'm a senior in high school i want to be an accountant at blankety blank firm in blankety blank city why can't Sounds you like be like company. what Can i, buy I want to do <laughs> yeah is study mathematics Right, right. Study economics. Right. I want to study, I'm interested in science, Yeah. in biology. Why does it have to be like, all right, well, you said the word biology. So humans or animals, pick now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, that's an insane thing. Yep. Yeah. Let me play. Laurel says, uh, I cried to my math teacher like a baby in senior year because I thought my 160 on an exam was going to get me rescinded from college. I knew it was such a competitive place that I got scared one mishap would take away my chance. And, um, yeah, I think that's the pressure I'm talking about. And I guess th to wrap this up, that's the problem is I feel like I'm still holding on to some of those notions. Mm -hmm. Being completely self-aware of them, being unhealthy, I feel like I'm still, even if I intellectually understand, that's nonsense. I let them affect me on a right. deep level sometimes. And this last week, I really, I was really feeling that in a big way. And I was like, when, when will the knowledge that this is nonsense shake the emotional uh, reaction that it causes. Never. In me. <laughs> yeah, Never. Exactly. You can understand it intellectually yeah, yeah. and you can remind yourself that you understand it, but the emotional reaction to it is not something that you can control. Not at all. That's true. That's true. All right, Curtis, you want to draw the next topic? Yeah, I really think it's, uh, Haley also says the U.S. school system puts a lot of pressure and yeah. I can't speak to other countries, but I do exactly. feel like it is a special, it's the Western mentality of grind, right. grind, grind, right. you know, and that starts with kids. Um, van life. Did Zuckerberg getting rich make a generation oh, this of is the startups? One I, this is one I brought up already. Yeah, I like this. So the question is: Did a did somebody like a Zuckerberg or you know these these young youngsters getting becoming billionaires by the time they're twenty six? Did that influence how how people see like a quick path to success or fame or riches or whatever? Yeah, I, I will also say like. And again, I can't speak to other countries, but we kind of do have like a get rich quick mentality. Um, Even like, sorry, yeah. not to interrupt, but like Rashid, you're you you from a completely different cultural background, <laughs> and we've gone to many restaurants because you're from, if I can say, you're from Lebanon originally. Yeah. And I I was just always blown away when we've gone to like restaurants of like just the way Americans eat, because we're like we got to get back to work. And then like going to like a Lebanese restaurant where you're like, sit here for three hours. Relax, <laughs> man. So exactly. yeah, sorry. This, this <laughs> culturally. You want some tea? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have time for tea. It's, I've got to make a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. which uh, it's such it's such a strange thing. We have like these two competing forces in our culture, which is obviously like you got to grind it out. You got to do this. You got to do it. And then at the same time, there's a lot of people here who they just want to do as much as it takes to hit that lottery ticket of a, of a dream career thing. Like I just needed that. I'm like, I'm one app idea away from like just becoming a billionaire. I know it. I know it somehow. It's why all the bro dudes <laughs> come out and defend billionaires. And you're like, why are you defending a billionaire? Cause you they're future like, billionaires. You make, you <laughs> yeah. make 20 an hour. Make it, bro. <laughs> yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with making 20 an hour, but it's like, why are you 
who could probably benefit from some social services defending billionaires skirting. And they're like, because I'm going to be that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to be one of those seven people. Like, this person <laughs> didn't pay their taxes. And you're like, well, they shouldn't have to. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a real weird defensive <laughs> billionaires. present broke, but future rich. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Why yeah. is that not a shirt? Yeah. I'm present broke, but future rich. That's fantastic. Future, future Sunday brew merchandise. <laughs> Future rich is phenomenal. <laughs> Laurel says on influencers, I think the second the corporate world realized kids would be uh, down on getting oh. famous by doing what they love, they jumped onto it and were happy to monetize and use the communications uh, for communications purposes. It's an easy source of promotion that benefits all sides. Exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's the promotional aspect of it that really kind of makes you real. I mean, because I, I have influencer friends who they spend a lot of hours into making sure those sponsorships are very happy with like the amount of content that's being put out. And, and it's, it's very, uh, I guess like antithetical to like, I guess the three of us think, uh, which is like, we create things, uh, not just to get paid for it, but because we actually have like an invested interest in how that contents. We like, it's like almost like a personality thing, but to some influencers, it's like, it's gotta be this, the product has to be featured. You know, like we got to make sure that there's this link. We got to make sure that this verbiage is uh, said. We got to make these products come out of it. So it also just feels like I think people have this dream of like, you know, uh, I'll be an influencer for for my bicycle riding or I'll be an influencer for my, you know, uh, home decoration. But they don't realize that there's actually still also an Im- immense amount of work that those actual influencers they put into it. that it's a facade. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I mean, a television show. It's, it's just a telev- it's like a television show. It took exactly. Us an hour and a half to set this yeah. up. Yeah. So and we didn't do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I have some friends who are yeah influencers, and and I g- genuinely mean this. Like they work their butt off. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not a just. And I think it's a, again. It's the sexification of like the entrepreneurial thing. You're like right. Maybe that's the sort of. For us, exactly. the owning your own business, maybe maybe now is sort of become the like, be an influencer, be a content creator without understanding like so many people try and fail at it and it's so difficult. And even if you are successful, the workload to stay algorithmically relevant is yeah. insane. It's, it is, I mean, it is a constant thing you have to be thinking about and putting effort into. Uh, all the respect in the world. It's not something that I realized I could do to make money. I, I just was like, nope, I can't do it but I respect the people who are able to put in that time. Do you realize that we now live in a time where you just said we have to make the algorithm happy? <laughs> well, Isn't that what like Space Jam 2 is about? The singularity <laughs> yeah. demands yeah, yeah. to be fed. Yeah, But but here's to, to bring it to the other aspect of the question, um, would you guys live in a van? Would, would, would it ever appeal to you yes. to spend a year just traveling yes. the country yes. in a van? Yes, it yes. appeals nice. to me. Yes. Except for the bathroom part. Yeah, I actually, I, I had not been acquainted with, I've never been an RV. I've never been on an RV trip. That was not my upbringing. Uh, and then uh, somebody talked about the bathroom situation on RVs. And an RV is infinitely better than just a van. <laughs> like, so yeah, it has our, a built-in RV bath- bathroom. life sounds lit. You it know? does sound lit. But then apparently when it comes to the bathrooms is not. It is still about like water rationing like how far yeah. are you from your destination like you know can we stop somewhere to use the bathroom as opposed to using the onboard bathroom let me let me just pose this idea yeah yeah we have gotten much too comfortable with the idea of our commodities being so close to us that's like, true yeah yeah yeah. there is no yeah, yeah. what do you mean what do you mean you're upset that 
your waste has to go somewhere. <laughs> this is magic. Yeah. Like this, this thing that you have in your house called a bathroom where you just flush and never worry about it ever again is is not the way we live. Like we that's talked not about how life works. We talked yeah, about this true. in our unaired episode, uh, which may go live at some point, <laughs> but uh, the show alone uh, on Netflix, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it forces you to really watch people kill animals, eat them. Right. And right. you know, uh, I, and, and I definitely like Kim was like, Oh, I don't know. And I saw some people on the internet being like, Oh, I can't watch it. And I was like, I can't stop. Are you a vegetarian? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, just this know, like, this is how it, ha- like, yeah. yeah, it's like forcing yourself to reckon with, like, this is the real, this is the real if, stuff if that technology has allowed us to, like, not think about. Yeah, yeah exactly. If the supermarket didn't exist anymore tomorrow, that is what you would have to do right. to eat. Like, and it, and it would expend a lot of calories just to find yeah, There are the no other chicken. options. You can't yeah. go anywhere else to just buy yeah. meat. Yeah. Right. That's not a thing. Right. I could, I could be into glamping hardcore. Oh yeah, we watch we watch these minimal uh, treehouse videos that like all of them solid You you spend like three hundred dollars a night. It's like some treehouse in the random forest somewhere. It's so appealing. I can never live that way for like an extensive period yeah. of time. But like a weekend, oh yeah, for sure. I think if I had if I had an RV that like actually had most of the amenities I needed, I could deal with the toilet situation. And I oh. would. I think I would. Kim and I have talked about like the idea of like, what if we got a tiny home or like, there is something really appealing about just getting rid. I think during, especially during last year being stuck inside, it really helped us go, Oh my God, I don't need all this. None of this, you know, like yeah. it helped us really, we got rid of a ton of stuff. And I think, and y'all are already pretty minimal too. Yeah. We're pretty minimalistic. Yeah. I feel like with the gear and stuff, it doesn't That's really allow you yeah. to be right. But uh, <laughs> there is something really appealing about the idea of just, cutting yourself loose. I can understand why people, you know, that are in their fifties or something quit their job and do it. Like I used to like, look at that and go, I would never, I I have too many goals, you know? And now I'm like, that sounds nice to just be like, I don't have any goals. I'm just here. I'm just living life, which really is all all we're actually doing anyways, but we self impose all this structure on it, you know? Um, but I, I, I think I would be down at least for like a few months. I think like a summer would be really incredible. Like go see a bunch of places I've never been. Yeah, you know? there's a there's a bunch of places where like you have to drive anyway. I know Yellowstone's that way where you you fly in, you still have to drive to it. So you might as well just take in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great topic. Yeah, Rashid. All right, Rashid, you're up next. Topic yeah. number three. I hope it's my other one because it's kind of related to. <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> I don't think so. And oh no, usually comes from Kurtz, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll learn. We'll learn. We'll get the yeah. patterns down. Uh, would you survive a battle oh, royale? No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like. Well, oh no, because I'm interested. Wait, wait. What's the question? Would you survive a battle royale competition? So, do you know Battle Royale? Do you know oh, yeah. the movie? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, Hunger Games ripped it uh, off. Yeah, and, and also Squid Game, which I'm watching right now, which so, I haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah, and I've, I'm only partially. I know. Through. So this is I'm not. Busy. I'm sorry. This is not a Squid Game discussion. Okay. This is purely. Would you survive a battle royale competition? Yeah, I, am, I in my infinite ignorance, who am I playing would say yes. Okay, infinite. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> infinite yes, ignorance my infinite and, ignorance I, would say yes am i playing against like survivalists or people like from See, my same that's, that's uh, the question you don't yeah. know you don't necessarily you don't know. know like first of all do you think you would just survive on alone like that's a good like no nobody nobody's killing each other you just have to 
I don't, it out there as long as I possible. don't know. I don't know how to hunt or trap or anything. Yeah. What, watching alone made me realize how screwed I would be in an apocalypse. <laughs> apocalypse I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know how to do any of this. So I think my instinct, if it was like fighting and competition, I am an incredibly competitive person. Right. So right if you're right. like, put a weapon in my hand and you got to kill that person. I yeah. feel like my odds, if if we're from a similar background, are decent. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. it's like a survivalist person or hunter or whatever, no. But if it was just surviving solo, I'm screwed. <laughs> what about I, just even surviving games? I almost would enjoy the surviving solo. It's the, the anxiety wouldn't come in until I have to fight people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is that nice that we kind of like don't have to worry about that in daily life of just right? somebody might murder us today? <laughs> well, I mean, it's still possible. Well. It's still very possible. You know, like you in the back reach of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like versus like, I'm coming home, going <laughs> yeah. home on the savannah. There's a lion. Oh you know? no. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I yeah. think I think you wouldn't be able to say, Oh, there's a lion. I think yeah. you would just be strolling home from the savannah and then yeah. you wouldn't be. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> there is, to you there is no lion yeah i mean because like one of my one of my life goals is actually kind of related to both of them which would be to take like a month off and uh do the john moore trail which is uh i think like 231 miles so it's like 200 plus um I'm hiking but you have to hike and you have to camp the whole way you set up the camp wherever you feel for Ooh. it's about like 16 miles a day and it's not it's not the hiking that has me worried. It's literally like, could I camp for that long? Yeah. And actually just like be okay with not being like at a campsite. Right. It's literally like, okay, I did sixty miles a day. I guess this is a good spot. Clearing. Let's camp. I I think part of me goes like I would love to do something like that, but I it the idea of not having access to emergency resources and being cut off, that really freaks me out. Yeah. Like I love well, hiking, I love being out there, but I like knowing like I'm 15 minutes from a hospital if I need it. Yeah. yeah versus yeah. like you're on a trail, <laughs> your phone doesn't work. If you fall and break your leg, like yeah. what are you gonna do? Yo, no, literally, I mean you could you could buy there there are walkie talkies. I mean I've looked into this, um, where it's like you know they're I think like five hundred dollars and they're just global satellite walkie talkies. So if you ever right. need to get into a situation where you're in the middle of nowhere, you can. I, that would make me feel much better. It would make me feel better. Until I think about the cost of the chopper, <laughs> to get it, which I think is like three hundred thousand oh dollars for one God. of those rides. So your legs broken, and you're like in the uh, middle of nowhere. And you're like three hundred thousand dollars. Like, I think off. I can. Yeah, my foot is pointing up at me, but I think yeah. I can make it. <laughs> I think my thought would just be like, I guess I have to die. <laughs> I guess not, this is what kills this me. Is it. This I is cannot me. afford to live. Yeah, yeah. Past this moment. <laughs> Because that's that's the crazy thing about a loan is like they'll three hundred thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. I mean, well, that's even just for like if you're just hiking here in like Los Angeles and the wrong profession. I know emergency helicopter because you're paying for like the fuel. I mean, ambulances are expensive too. Yeah, yeah. those are on the ground making something fly. Not three hundred thousand dollars expensive. It's not that expensive. Yeah, but Um, it is like ten. It's like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, but you could get your insurance to be like you could pitch in on that, and they'll be like, all right, we'll help you a little bit. Three hundred thousand. You show up with a bill for three hundred thousand. They're like, yeah. Would you? Did you really need that? <laughs> yeah. like, what were you doing out there? I was hiking. Yeah, like, uh, mm-hmm. sounds like your problem. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. I guess if you like broke your leg and you're not like in mortal danger, you wouldn't have to call it a chopper. You could at least, I guess, wait for somebody to come get you and just be like, I'm in a situation where I can't go anywhere. All of that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, all yeah. of it. Yeah. Wow. $300,000 But now someone else has a machete and they're hunting you in the woods. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. This changes everything. Well, yeah, yeah, now we're back to the Battle Royale. <laughs> like, I feel oh, like man. 
I feel like I've gotten competitive enough, like playing basketball, that if I needed to like fight for to the death, I feel like I could. Yeah, I would deal with the guilt later. You know, I would just like I could black out, rage, kill somebody in the moment of desperation, and then later I'll feel a lot of guilt. But I I do feel like I'm capable. The, there's I, I mean, just think, yeah. I don't think we. I don't think we can comprehend how much we can't comprehend the chaos of a situation, of a situation like that. Like that yeah, and yeah. I think some of us might just turn into like babbling babies under a table yeah. at some point. Yeah. Cause like, I know I'd like to think you, that I would like be like, think Finnick yeah, yeah. in uh, hunger games with <laughs> yeah. a, with a trident, you know, with my abs and throwing it. But in reality, I'm just like, <laughs> you're like, you shot one person and then couldn't handle the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah, you're anymore. Like, I've never held a trident. <laughs> yeah, <I've> never. <laughs> I don't even know where to find the trident. Yeah. It's too heavy. <laughs> Sounds like a great comedy that's never been written. <laughs> like the battle royale of people who do not need to fight. Oh, just call it the hungry games. <laughs> the hungry games. Yeah. Hungry games. Hangry games. The hangry games. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's so good. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh. Mike, we're coming back around to you. Okay. Let's do the last one. We have two more. Okay, oh, two more. Well, we can just do. Ooh. Oh, it's, <laughs> I threw in a lot this week. Um, back to Squid Games. It's just, it, it, but it, it creates a flow. Uh, so I, uh, I'm watching Squid Games. Um, but I am. Um, this is on Netflix. It's right? on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Is this uh, uh, Korean? Korean show. Korean. Yeah, it's like the number one show in like. I heard it's every like country. really popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and because it's Netflix, it got released all at once. I am a one episode at a time type of person like i have a maybe i could do two in a night um everybody else i know who's watching it has already finished it <laughs> even though it's only been out for a week right. at this point um do you guys like to completely binge a show or are you also weekly viewers i think when binging first came out i was like this is the greatest thing ever and now right. i think it's legitimately the the possibly like the death of interesting conversation around media. I think it's a true, true. terrible model. Um, and I really appreciate like a, an HBO show or what are some of the other, what are the other networks that well, do you, week to week? You know, um, here's a good example of like, um, I don't know if y'all are watching Ted Lasso, um, but Ted Lasso is week to week. Yeah. And about episode three or four was getting like heavy criticism that like people, critics being like, where is this going? Is this even as good as the first season? I know it's probably going to win the Emmys for like the last season, but like, what is this? And to like, see the entire story finally unfold. Now that we're getting to like the final two episodes. And again, this doesn't have to be Ted Lasso. It just needs to speak to like the critics. Like you're like wanting to like, just give it, give it the episode, give it the season. If you're in three or four episodes, watch the entire season, then make a judgment of whether it was a good season or not. Because right. like, at episode three and four, what can you really judge about a season? How do you know where it's going? You can yeah. say it's a bad episode. You can say like yeah. maybe nothing didn't happen in this and I wanted more to happen. But like to say like this season, the second season of Ted Lasso is terrible without actually seeing what they're building towards and, and see whether they actually accomplish that, which I think they do. Um, uh, uh, the flip side of that is like Stranger Things season three. I could like, right. I, I wasn't able to watch it the July 4th weekend it dropped. And I was so sick of it before I had seen it. <laughs> yeah. And then like by, by like Tuesday, I was like, I'm so sick of hearing about this. Yeah. And it really soured my thing. And I also think it's not a very good season. So the, the whole, like, I just really was like, I'm so over stranger things. The first, the first episode, uh, so season of stranger things, it was this organic thing that people were discovering over like a week or two period. Nobody was 
binging it because nobody knew what Stranger Things was. But then once it became a thing, now Netflix is like, it's Stranger Things weekend. And then the conversation is over in two days. And yeah, it, exactly. I yeah. think it does a real disservice to the, to the show, to the creators, to building up momentum and having a conversation around it. Because then even if the show doesn't necessarily live up to every expectation, there was an enjoyment of the journey versus like a, dropping every episode right now you go, the show better be freaking incredible and not have a miss. Otherwise, it's a disappointment. Versus like, well, I didn't love the finale, but gosh, the last 12 weeks we spent watching it were so satisfying. I think binge watching is a terrible model. Yeah, though I will say, I, I think it actually hurt the last season of Game of Thrones um, to have it come out weekly. That's true. Because I feel like anybody I talk to who binged Game of Thrones and then right before the final season and then just watched the final season completely. We're like, yeah, that was a great, that was a great cohesive story. I didn't feel like anything was missing, but then like yeah. for that last season, maybe just because we had had to wait, uh, what was it? Two years in between the, the penultimate season and the last one, uh, everybody just, it, it felt like everybody was just supremely disappointed and the discussion always went negative against the show. I think it's about the discovery. Yeah. Um, I think if you discover something that's new, that is phenomenal and you have the ability to continue to watch without having to wait, it feels like, um, it feels like receiving a gift. Yeah. Yeah. True. Right. Like it, the last thing that I've binged was uh, Queens Gambit. Oh yeah. Which I did. And I, I seven did binge episodes that. Yeah. and they were an hour long and it, I literally started it and then it was 7am and then I was done and I went, Oh my God, that was the greatest thing I've ever watched. Right. But it's that organic finding of it. Right. That, that gives you a benefit to binging, I think. Right. Yeah. To, to, to premeditate binging. Program binging is not as, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Premeditated binging yeah, yeah. should be a crime. Which is so interesting because like that show and The Crown, I would say are not shows that like leave you with a cliffhanger and you're like, well, I need to know the next thing now. Um, which I feel like that's how I perceive people who no, binge. but they entangle. But you they were the so good, so yeah. Well that, that like, like you're you you watch it like it's a seven hour movie, exactly. And then yeah, you, yeah. you're done with it, and you're like, that was great, done. <laughs> you're done. You, yeah, you, yeah. Book closed. Yeah, moved yeah. it over. It's like yeah. somebody that can read Harry Potter in a night. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what I equate binging to. Yeah, like you're not going to pick up Harry Potter every time and right. read it in a night. But that first time you pick up a book and then realize I can't put it down and then all of a sudden it's done. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a great feeling, actually. It yeah. happening without you being a part of it is what I think makes yeah. binging cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, there, there's definitely, yes, there's like definitely places that I think binging is, is a really enjoyable way to, to consume something. But I feel like, as an example... Um, well, I've actually, no, I have a contradictory answer to this. Here's one example, and then I'll contradict myself. One example would be Lost. Controversial ending, disappointed a lot of people. But I think so many people love, I actually like the ending, but I think a lot of people really loved that show because of the journey, because of the six, seven years they spent. That even if you're like, didn't really care for the ending, but wow, right. look at this seven years of this like community of anticipating what's what's happening and thinking about it. There's a joy to that, mm -hmm. right? The flip side might be something like um, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I I uh, binged that entire show in about two weeks because I was auditioning for the sequel, the spinoff to yeah, it. Yeah. This is years ago. They're doing another spinoff now. but And so I just went binge the entire thing 
And the end of How I Met Your Mother was a very controversial ending. A lot of people hated it right. because I hadn't spent nine years with the show. Right, that investment. I was like, that's fine. I didn't have a problem <laughs> with Ian at all. Because, yeah, yeah. It, But then I listened to people that were like, you don't understand. I've been watching the show for nine years and to get this ending felt so... Building up expectations. It felt so yeah. cheap and such a like you know bait and switch or whatever. And I was like, that's a really good point. The investment of time also puts a pressure on the end result that that maybe binging sometimes makes you kind of go, eh, it was fine. So I don't know. I guess it I guess it depends. I think I'm drawn to things that are that obviously like with story matters, like the whole idea is like I want to have a conversation around it. And my frustration with binging isn't so much that you can watch it all at once. It's that the conversation is is evaporates within two days. And you, Squid Game, you want to be like, hey, you want to talk about Squid Game? I finally saw it. And people are like, I watched that a month ago. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. I've moved on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Versus yeah. like, oh, okay. I didn't have time that one weekend it came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's also specifically like that show seems like there is, with each episode, so much you could discuss of like, what is going on? What is this, you know, uh, secret society? da 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 um, but I feel like if you binge the first season, which I'm sure there is not going to be a definitive answer at the end of the first season, not if they're a smart television show, but I feel like binging drives that sense of like, I need to finish it cause I need to like get the answer to the mystery. Yeah. Um, and I feel like for me personally, that just feels like defeating. If I get through a first season, I'm like, ah, oh, they didn't answer everything. Okay. Oh yeah, exactly. And it, and it also, it's interesting with shows that have been written for one platform and then turned into a binge model because that's a very different way of writing and creating a show, right, writing a right, show right. where you go like stranger things knows it's a binge show. So there's always that big, that big um, twist at the end of the last episode to make you go, Oh my gosh, yeah, no, I need gonna... to see more. Yeah. yeah. But if you didn't know that, if you didn't, if you were anticipating week to week, you're probably going to write very differently. Just like people used to write television with the idea of commercial breaks. Yeah. But now there's no commercial breaks on streaming, so they write differently. It's a different setup. You don't need to every 15 pages have a cliffhanger because there is no cutting to a Crest toothpaste commercial. Yeah, exactly. There's there's just the episode. So it does it does change. I think I guess if you know what you're getting into and if you know it's a binge model format, maybe you can sort of use it to its I, I will say we been you know, we I'm guilty. We binged Midnight Mass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that show was really crafted to be binged. It, yeah. it really rewarded that. Um, but I will say, like, it's kind of weird how even with like a week later, I'm like, I guess we're I guess it's over. <laughs> and it's not it's October third, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I was like, that should be a show we're talking about the all spooky season show, yeah. All yeah, October yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, there's merits to both. Yeah. Was there any other questions? There is. Oh, the last one, the last topic. Oh, we do yeah. have uh, what Dutch Lizzie brings up a good point about a case. I think for binging is the internet and spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be on Twitter or like, around if you want to just yeah. sit back and go. I'll watch that in my own time. Good chance that that trolls <laughs> out there get... will probably spoil it for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely not. Not unless you can hermetically seal yourself inside your apartment until you watch it. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Um, next question: Does horror have a definition? What makes a horror film a horror film? I'd like to begin the answer for that. Um, yes, <laughs> horror has a definition. Oh, okay. With the it definition. is an intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Of course it has a definition. It's well, an English word. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> Does the genre... 
yeah. have a definition. Because mm. we yeah. wh- there's a lot of debate about the idea of the the definition of elevated horror, right? This like kind of pretentious <laughs> term that sort of says yeah. like horror yeah. is actually cheap and bad, but this is better than that. I don't like the term personally, but I go. So this this is a prompted by um, some folks on my uh, Discord where we were watching a movie and and the question was like, is it scary? And I yeah. just sort of had this thought of like, depends on it, what. I don't know what scares you. Yeah. And then I, and then that made me kind of go down another path of like, well, what is horror and how to? Especially I'm, we're in the final stages of finishing up mm-hmm. uh, our film project called The Nameless, and I've had a really hard time putting a label on what the genre is. Um, I think people watch a trailer, they're like, it's horror. And I'm like, yeah. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah. But but, but it's horrifying. Yeah. There's like yeah, horror. Yeah. But I but it doesn't, It I think you're dead right. It doesn't feel like what I think a horror film is. And then I was like, but then what is a horror film? For me, a horror film has to have some sort of goriness and slashiness mm. and a little bit of um, cheesiness. Yeah, see, but that's qualify as a horror. That's but, where, like, you know, a movie like Get Out kind of like starts to to push it again, in another psychological thriller. Psychological thriller, but some people would consider it a horror film. Um, maybe increasingly with all his films, like maybe Us was a little bit more horror. Yeah, but then even like when I, when I watched Us, I actually personally didn't find a single element of it scary, right? Or you know, torturous or anything. I just found I was like, oh, it's a very interesting film. That's how I felt with Candyman. Yeah, Candyman was a good. Didn't feel like it was remotely scary, but tense. It was interesting. Yeah, and then uh, I had a friend come back from the movie Lamb. Uh, I don't know if you all saw the trailer. I've seen the trailer. Yeah, yeah, and it's about a child who's a lamb. A lamb, (laughs) and and literally his comment was, "Well, a twenty four finally did it." They took a working class genre known as horror and turned it pretentious. <laughs> and it, which, it's been kind of my complaint about A24 films a lot recently, which are like they're all kind of like witchcraft and horror elements. But I would not classify a lot of the more recent films as like horror, even though creepy things may be happening. Right. I think I think even Rashid's point of like there being a little bit of cheesiness to it kind of does help the genre define it. Uh, you need this it a little bit. You need. I think. I feel like you need to be able to scream at the characters on the film and go turn around. So he's right behind <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. That's part of the horror, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. I, I wanted to share this thing that was posted uh, again. Not to. I'm not trying to plug my Patreon, but uh, Haley on my Discord posted this um, uh, from Anne Radcliffe, uh, Queen of Gothic Literature. Oh, yeah. Uh, Haley said, uh, in the quote from Anne Radcliffe, is horror is about the shock or revulsion at a particular event, sight or realization. Terror is about the fear, dread, tension, and anxiety that happens oh. uh, that something terrible is going to happen. So a very basic example, gory torture porn would be horror. Classic ghost stories would be terror. Uh, and in Haley's case, says, I think terror is scarier. That's really interesting. Um, the shock or revulsion at a particular event. Uh, yeah, I guess, like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm questioning, is that, do I agree with that? Um, is that the definition uh, because if that's the definition, the nameless is absolutely a horror film, right? But I don't think it is because the nameless deals with horrifying, revolting things that make make my stomach turn. But it doesn't feel like it's following. There's not maybe to your point, Rashid, or maybe make with the campiness of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like horror kind of derives a little joy from that. It's like, come on, yeah, this is yeah. fun, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's like a roller coaster. Whereas, like our approach with our film, though it is about horrible things, if anybody is like, "This is kind of fun," then we've not hit the mark. Correct. Yeah, we are trying to aim for something that is a lot more of an emotional 
there was no part about this. We are aiming for at. terror, not horror. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, so we're aiming for gas. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, Which, uh, you know, actually I, I have a re- movie recommendation. I don't know why I chose. Uh, oh, actually I know why a YouTube video was breaking it down and I was like, I've never heard of this movie. Let me, uh, watch it before I actually watch a breakdown uh, called, have you all watched Shiva baby? I have not. Yeah. But have you heard I'm of it? Dying to see this. Yeah. Yeah. So I found out it's on, I think canopy. Really? We've talked about <gasps> canopy. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to watch this. Yep. I, it's been like one of my top must watch yeah. films and I couldn't find it anywhere. I've, and, heard it's, I've heard it's great. And, and one of the distinguishing, uh, uh, I guess, uh, compliments to it is that it's not a horror film, but cause the con the, the premise to anybody who hasn't seen the trailer or anything is that this, uh, girl this college girl is a call girl on the side um, and has to go shit, uh, go sit. Uh, what's the, what's the term for a Jewish funeral? Oh, uh, uh, wow. <laughs> when you, when you, when you sit in a, in one location with all the mirrors, uh, I'm looking it up so yeah. we don't. Yeah. Is it Shiva? Yeah. Is it yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's what yeah. it is. That's why yeah, it's yeah. called that. I, yeah. Right. I, I was in in the back of my head, but like, I think that's why it is called that. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to go sit Shiva and she finds out that her main client is a married guy, friend of the family, and they are all uh, trapped in this event. And she is hoping that it does not come out that she has been secretly uh, a prostitute to him in front of her parents and obviously his wife and child. Um, and it really is directed where like, it's very claustrophobic and very, uh, almost like slasher esque to it, um, where it's like I, I wouldn't classify it actually as a horror film, but you can see they've used a lot of elements and tools from horror films to like up the tension of this like seemingly like it's literally just one event in the story, and that's it. Like you're they're right. one location, like principal cast of like ten people uh, who don't change, uh, and then you're just over the course of like an evening. Um, which I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but it, it is, I think there's that distinguishing difference between movies that use elements of horror film mm-hmm. versus like, what is a horror film? Cause yeah, even that definition of, of uh, horror being about shock or revulsion. I don't know if I agree with that entirely because there's plenty of movies that deal with incredibly shocking, revolting things that I don't think are mm-hmm. horrifying. I think they are, an emotionally distraught experience, but I don't find them horrifying. So there does seem to be another. What about like hereditary? Like something like that. I think that's horror. horror? I'm going to go back to my original answer for almost everything, which is it's subjective. Yeah. 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 For sure. Person is different. What what is horrifying (laughs) to a single person is, but it's interesting when, as a filmmaker or something, when you're putting a thing in a box and trying to figure out how to market a thing, Mm -hmm. like you go, I don't want to disappoint people. What is what what are the parameters I'm what am I like trying to f- box am I trying to squeeze myself into This all comes back to Malignant which I still have not watched Yeah <laughs> I think I think the expectations that it was going to be a very serious like actually scary horror film hurt it in my opinion because when I started watching it I was like oh this is like super cheesy like this is making fun of like horror films of the past I think uh, right, that right. completely colored the way I, I experienced it uh, pixel heart, uh, in the chat says horror for me personally has to have some kind of scare. Um, uh, we watched annihilation with Natalie Portman, which I was told was horror watching it. I found it more sci-fi, but not yeah. horror personally. I don't know. That movie is pretty horrifying. Well, there, there's a very, like, there's one scene in particular that like is really terrifying. But see, it's subjective, but it's it subjective. is depends on like how big the jump scare is and when exactly. it comes and did it get you yeah, yeah. and how and it, is yeah. it like annihilation really leans more into an emotional 
mm-hmm. sort of horror than necessarily like a, a ghost in the house, you know, spooks yeah. kind of thing. I think the so. mistake is trying to put it in a box. I think the expectation right. is what kills what it could have been. If if you right, go into right, something right. with no expectation, you can allow you can allow the product to influence you. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. As yeah. opposed to going in there with some sort of preconception. Yeah. Uh, Haley makes a good point. Anne Radcliffe was talking about the emotion of horror, not the genre. Um, and I think that's a really good point is that genre in terms of marketing is a very different thing from how something hits you on an emotional level. Right. Uh, and I think that's starting to where my head's at right now because I'm thinking about how to like promote a thing and market a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do you, how right. do you fit into a box? And then, you know, uh, the, the idea of the promise of the premise, how do you like not disappoint people? if I say it's horror and then you watch it and go, that wasn't horror, I could maybe argue with it. It is, but your reaction is the one that counts to you. So mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. I can't like tell you what it is or isn't, but I also don't want to promise a thing that's um, not true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, but I agree with you. It, to me, it feels like psychological thriller, but yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> well, I, okay. I think, I think here's, what that? here's what my final answer will be on this. I think this is societal. This is, it, because it is subjective, when you get enough people to agree on what something is, then that is what it is. Right. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. enough people say this is horror or thriller or whatever it is, then that is the overall right subjective view of that thing. Yeah. And you, you're not going to have people agree all the time, but yeah, you can take right. the overall view of it and, and call it that. What do you think of the idea of elevated horror? Is that a term that Elevate, I don't even know you? what that I is? Think, I think filmmakers are definitely trying. What to is do elevated it. horror? I've never even you, heard that. You know, I I would say here's here's my definition of horror. I'm going to go with a personal one. It's that there is it is the story of a monstrous force, supernatural or real, and the story of how one person overcomes it versus the other people who. Who, who either come to it, who either succumb to it, don't believe it exists. That to me feels like that's the, the traditional. I mean, there's the term final girl, but I also think like you can get away from the gender of that. Like there's one person who kind of like understands the, the force, or the, the weight the of presence. what don't you get it? Yeah. But yeah. 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 And I think that for me is the traditional horror model. Everything else kind of does lend itself to like, it's just more of a story in which there are elements of horror. Yeah. Right. I like that. I like the definition. Yeah, it makes you think of like Invisible Man, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is not really a horror film. But it but doubled down on the nobody societal. else, nobody else yeah. believes her. Yeah, exactly. So and that's more horrifying than anything. Yeah, that's interesting. It's yeah. A, I think it's a really solid definition. And I okay. think it's a perfect time to discuss it because it's October and it's <laughs> It is October. Season. Yes. So, yeah. um, hey, that's all of our topics for today. Lovely. Um, uh, Next week, we'll start with what are you going to be for Halloween? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I actually have an idea. Uh-oh. I, I like, I, I will say, I like going with costumes that are very specific, not obscure, but like, if you know, you know. Okay. But like, nobody Fair would enough. ever think about it. It's I not, like that. I, I, I hate trendy costumes. I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't normally wear costumes, but I really hate trendy costumes. A few quick follow-ups to our last topic. Um, Ellie says, I think the horror reflects the anxieties of the context in which it was created. 50s horror had a lot of themes that reflected Cold War. 80s had a lot of right. AIDS metaphors, etc. So yeah, it's definitely a product of its time. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody writes here about how Scream takes the horror movie and knows what it is because Str- Scream is really a deconstruction. It's true. Of yeah, horror Scream's film. a great film. So um, I I love the genre. I think you said it before. Like when it works, it's you were like I don't I'm not you're like not a horror 
yeah, yeah. fan per se, but right. when it works, it's really beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Thank it's, you so much for hanging out with us today, guys. Us. First episode of October. Yep. Uh, third episode of the podcast, and uh, it's going to be a great month. We're we're excited to keep doing this, and I think we have this figured out. Well, uh, <laughs> we got, we got there. there. We're getting there. We got the cameras. We're getting there. We got we a got, Kurt we Cam. Got, we got the gear. I promised a Kurt Cam next week, and it happened this week. Yeah, and it happened. I turned yeah. it around. Yep. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and uh, hey. If you haven't already gone and subscribed to whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's Twitch, whether it's our YouTube channel, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts or wherever, give us a subscribe because then we don't have to bug you about yeah. every episode that comes yeah. out. And It'll also the algorithm. The algorithm. Turn on the it. yeah the notifications <laughs> and that way that, I bell. <laughs> that way I don't need to tell you that it's out. It'll just it'll tell you. Yes. And then it's easy. Yeah. So please go do that. Uh, and if uh, you are an Apple podcast, we'd really appreciate any kind or not so kind. Go ahead and say what you feel. Reviews really help us a lot. It's a completely free way to support the podcast. And uh, it does help, especially when something has just been launched to to get out into the uh, searchability of it all. So uh, give us a review an Apple podcast. Let us know what you think. And um, that's that's all for me. Hey, Mike, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at MKTBS or Mike Tobias Poetry. Cool. Rashid? Uh, on Instagram at LA Artist. Um, I am... Is it changed? No, LA, LA Artist. I, I guess no. I was, <laughs> no, it has not changed. I was about to jump in too. I was like, "That's not it." <laughs> <laughs> La Arts guy. La Arts guy. I'll, yes. I'll put it. I'll put it on the screen. Yes. Um, and then I'm at Kurt Mega. Kim is normally with us, but she's back in Texas right now. So uh, you can follow her at Kim. It's Kim Whalen, but uh, she's not here right now. Um, and uh, you can follow this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Story Matters. No. Wrong podcast. See? Oh. See? <laughs> it's these drinks. It's I'm this, telling you. Yeah, this 7.5 kombucha. A flaw, a flaw in our plan. Uh, 7.5? Really? Yes, yeah, he's oh flying embers. No wonder. <laughs> At Sunday Brew Pod. That's where you can find it. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys next week. Next week.